Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. This new year, a lot of people are wanting to lose weight. And in my experience, a lot of people want to lose between half a stone and about three to four stone to get to a happy weight. So we've worked with people who've lost up to one and a half stone in 12 weeks and up to four and a quarter stone in a year. So we really do know how to make this happen now. So in today's episode, myself and Ben will be revealing 17 ways to lose a stone in 12 weeks. And if you put just a few of these into action over the next couple of months, you're likely to blow everyone else out the water who's trying to lose weight in 2019. So let's get into it, sit back and relax, and welcome to today's Trinity podcast. Um, What I was going to say was... What... Give me three, uh, three of the worst ways to lose a stone in twelve weeks, just to kick it off. All right, three of the worst ways to lose a stone in twelve weeks. Um, starve yourself would be number one. So you know, eat soup and spinach and broccoli and spinach. Oh, the cabbage soup diet. Celery and nothing else. So just eat zero calories. Second worst way to lose a stone in twelve weeks. Uh, in fact, I should have gone for worse ones. Those fat burning pills. Where you take the pills and then you poo out all your fat. Don't I would not recommend <laughs> those personally. Uh, fat burning injections I probably also wouldn't recommend. None of these things sound particularly healthy to me, and they're probably not going to give you long term weight loss. I I thought you were going to go with more ridiculous ones. You actually kept them quite real. I thought you were going to say like drink your own piss, um, chop a limb off. <laughs> but those are more uh, yeah, sensible. I went for ones that actually would work, but you just might not want to do them. Alternatively, you could get liposuction. That's another uh, always an option. Okay, very quickly, <laughs> why wouldn't you do any of those ones you just explained? Because people are probably thinking uh, now they will work. Why not just do them? I wouldn't want to spend the money on any of these things for start, and um, I would, wouldn't want to do anything that jeopardizes my health. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I, w- I don't want to do anything which I feel is gonna give me fast results, but then in a few weeks I'm gonna gain. Or any weight that I lost back again. Yeah, like if you don't know how to lose weight and then you just take pills, you have to take them forever and they're really, really bad for you. So it's probably not not a good idea. So on to the serious topic. <laughs> More serious topic. We'll make it fun. Let's do, we're going to go through today 17 ways to lose a stone in 12 weeks. So me and Ben are going to go back and forwards between us. We've come up with a list of all the secrets to losing a stone that we know that actually work, that actually mean you can lose a stone and keep it off as well. So I'm going to get started. So the first one is a little bit of a a curveball. You're probably not going to expect this straight off. Everything everyone's probably expecting, like diet stuff, um, weight stuff, like lifting weights or cardio, like exercise or diet. That's what I was trying to say. In fact, the first thing I want to get people clear on is the difference between the fact and the fiction in their life. And what I mean by that is that we never become bigger than the stories we tell ourselves in our lives. Um, The things we tell ourselves generally just pan out to become our reality. So if you want to change your reality, you need to change the story you tell yourself. And a lot of us tell ourselves stories that aren't actually true or aren't fully true. So I'll I'll, I'll go through an example, Ben, because otherwise this is this or like a a story that I heard recently that's a a much better way of explaining this. So Back in back at Christmas time, my cousin and her mum were talking about their friend um, and the friend's mum called Pam. 
And Pam basically said to them, they were both going, oh, it's so Pam's like this larger than life character. She has no filter. It's hilarious. But it's really sad because Pam, Pam's really overweight and she can't lose weight. And um, I was like, oh, tell me more. Like, what's, what's the situation? And they were like, oh, you know, Pam's got hypothyroidism, so she can't lose weight. And like, it's not my place to get involved. So I didn't really say anything, but I just registered that as like, that was a perfect example of this. Because Pam has told them and she's been telling everyone else, I'm sure she's told herself that she cannot lose weight because she has hypothyroidism. And this isn't, I'm not trying to like have a dig at people with any sort of conditions, but almost everyone, I don't know what you think, Ben, almost, I would say more than 50% of the people we train have some sort of condition that makes it more difficult to lose weight. PCOS, hypothyroidism, fibromyalgia, um, some other chronic fatigue, like there's a million different conditions out there arthritis that can hold you back and we work with lots and lots of people with these things and we've seen results from all of these people and all it really takes is to well to do the other things we'll talk about today and those people see results because the cure to almost all of these conditions or the cure but the the way to deal with them is to eat a healthy diet and to exercise so if you eat a healthy diet and exercise it will get better it might be harder than someone without the condition but it's never impossible and if you tell yourself it's impossible for whatever the reason whether it's I don't have enough time, if you constantly tell yourself I don't have enough time to get in shape, you will never get in shape. If you constantly tell yourself I can't get in shape because of this or that or the other or because I'm different, you will never get in shape. So the first thing we need to do is distinguish the difference between the fat, like I'm not getting in shape because actually I just eat loads of junk or I eat loads of sugar or um, I don't really know how to eat healthily or I don't know how to exercise or I don't exercise regularly. Is that really the fact? And then is the fiction just you're telling yourself these stories that are then stopping you succeeding and stopping you even trying or, or, or stopping you um, sustaining or being consistent with what you're doing. And then that leads to self-sabotage because we sell ourselves these stories, they discourage us, they demotivate us, and then we fall off the wagon. So that is my number one tip to lose a stone in 12 weeks. It's to get clear on that. And we do this in our F3 program with a process called the Freedom Finder, where we actually identify we start to identify some of the stories we're telling ourselves. We do like a little audit on our life and then we start to go, is it really true based off this audit? Like when I look at the actual facts and I saw something, Ben, I won't spend too long on this topic, but I saw something really interesting. Did you see such a weird program on Netflix? The, it's something about tidying with yes. Marie Kondo. I I've think seen that's her that. name. You saw that as well. Yeah. What's her name? Is it Marie Kondo? Did I get that right? It's Mar yeah, Mar someone Kondo anyway. Yeah, she. did you see the bit where they got the lady in the first program, I think, um, they got her to take all her clothes out and put them on the bed. Do you see that bit? Mm, yeah. So, so she could see the reality of it and she was so shocked by going, I've been telling myself like all these things that we need a bigger house or whatever, like it's not my fault. You know, there's all these, these reasons she had why, why she was stressed out. And when she put all the clothes down, she's like, oh, fact, actually, like I've got way too much stuff and stuff that I don't need that I'm just holding on to. So I thought that was a really good way of demonstrating it. Like just get all the facts out on the table and then understand what's really the truth for you. So that's the first thing we do with people. And it can sound a bit, a bit abstract, but it's not actually that difficult in reality. And it can make all the difference because once you've dropped your excuses, which we all have, we're all human, it makes it so much easier. So ben, what's what's tip number two? So tip number two is a fitness one. Tip number two is lift weights. So if you're thinking about losing weight, you're gonna need to do some form of exercise. If 
if you want to see sustainable results. And the best form of exercise you can do is going to be to lift weights. So when I first started thinking about getting fit and healthy, I've never really been a, a sporty kind of person. I used to pretend I had a knee injury for about two years when I was at school, just so I could avoid doing PE and playing rugby and having to do any sports. Instead, I would go up and sit in the computer room and, you know, be a nerd in the computer room. So when I got when I started getting into fitness, I didn't really have any idea about what, what do you do to get fit and healthy. I had no idea. So I basically, because I'm in, you know, I'm trained as an engineer. My method of doing things is like collect as much data as I can. So I Googled everything, got loads of magazines and stuff and it, and figured out that the best way to A, tone up and B, lose weight is to lift weights because it boosts your metabolism, it improves your muscle tone and it burns loads of calories. It burns calories in the gym and then it burns calories outside of the gym. It creates this kind of afterburn effect where your body has to repair all the damage. Won't go into details, but essentially... Lifting weights is what's going to give you the best results. And when me and Rob both got into like cover model, cover model fitness shape, uh, we had you know ripped, chiselled six pack abs, and we went through a phase where we would, where we would book photo shoots with our own photographer and oil ourselves <laughs> up and get all of these oiled up, topless photos taken. I I think we looked pretty good to be honest. But um, all of that was a result of lifting weights. So if you want to lose fat and you want to be toned, the fastest way to do it, exercise-wise, is going to be to lift weights. And does that apply to women as well? And like, why, because I think a lot of people think that's just for men. So you've talked about us, but does that also work for women? It sounds obvious to me. Probably, I think it's probably more important for women than it is for men, because men tend to be able to eat more food and not put on weight. So if a woman eats the same diet that a man eats, you'll yeah. probably gain weight just because men can eat more so lifting weights will boost your metabolism and allow you to get away with eating more food and being a bit more flexible with your diet so i think for women lifting weights is even more important than for men to lift weights and i think that's a bang on we should revisit those uh those photos do you, can i change presenter to me let's see what happens yeah i can try and do it no, no i've done it here we go look <laughs> there we go you're gonna get them up on the screen there's ben in this cover model oh shape. yeah and Look then, uh, <laughs> just to prove, I mean, this is I'm, this is comedic to us. It's probably not to people watching, but uh, this, we don't tend to do these uh, these top photos. Uh, twenty one or something. There's me. I'm twenty two, maybe. So, yeah, probably. I'm probably twenty three, and you're twenty two, maybe. <laughs> Back in our prime. Anyways, I just thought that might be entertaining for people watching, <laughs> and to show that we're not lying. We did actually get in that pretty good shape. But the same thing applies. In fact, let me bring up a photo of um, of Lexi as well to show them that it's not just a, just guys that can get in amazing shape from lifting weights. So this is um, this is a girl that we did a photo shoot with from our uni, who she's in amazing shape as well. But she um, there we go. This is from lifting weights. This is not from. I don't know if she did much cardio at all. Very little. Um, and people think that to look like that, you must. She is holding a skipping rope. That's for the photo. But that's that same kind of shape comes from lifting weights for women or men. Doesn't matter what age you are. We've got loads of transformations of women who are older as well. They're in amazing shape. Right on to the next point because I'm aware I'm going to make this take way too long. The next thing I would recommend you do. So tip number three is to lose a stone in 12 weeks. You want to have a long-term vision. So. You need to know where you're headed down the line because for a lot of people, losing a stone isn't going to be the whole way. 
is going to be the whole journey. And if you don't have this vision of where you're going longer term, you tend to get to the, to a few weeks in or maybe even six weeks in, and you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not seeing enough progress. Like maybe I've lost half a stone, but I've, I've got four stone to lose. This is never going to happen. And so if you don't set this longer term vision, something exciting to aim for, and we actually do it not just in fitness, we also do it in the areas of family and fun. When you have that vision and you imagine and you spend enough time like figuring out where you are now and where you want to go, that's the way we do it. You then have this exciting thing you're aiming for and a reason why you're actually doing what you're doing now. So you can go, I'm creating this vision. It's going to have this impact on my family life. It's going to give me more intimacy because I'm going to be more confident in my relationship. I want to be a better role model to my kids in a year's time. We're going to play on holiday and I'm not going to be out of breath and tired or pretending I can't play because I'm reading my book or whatever. When you have that vision, it's so much more motivating. So I think it's very, very important to have a long-term vision, even when you're aiming for this 12-week goal of losing a stone. Which brings on to the next point, Ben, which is... Oh, uh, yeah, setting sh clear short-term goals. So the first thing, you've got to get that long-term vision going. And as Rob said, you've got to make it exciting so it's something you really want. And then... But the problem people run into is they have this long-term vision. You probably have this vision some kind of vision for yourself you're probably thinking you know i want to lose weight i want to be fit i want to be healthy but it seems so far away from where you are now so the key is you've got to kind of bring it to something that's within reach and that you can actually that you can actually achieve now so i did a 70 mile bike race once um i started off being able to do like 15 miles on a bike and then i'd be exhausted so looking being at that 15 miles i can ride 15 miles and i need to ride 70 is very overwhelming looking at that so I had to break it down and just say, okay, well, next week I'll do 18. Next week I'll do 20. Next week I'll do 25. And by building it up slowly and like slowly and surely, you can get excited about making that little bit of progress every week. Uh, one of one client, Elaine, who I was I'm working with, um, she's realized, she's kind of looked at her vision for the next 12 months and decided that she needs to lose 30 kilos over those 12 months, which sounds like, it might sound like a lot of weight and it is a lot of weight, but She's then broken that down into she only she needs to lose two and a half kilos a month, which is a lot more manageable. So lose those couple of kilos every single month. As long as she does that every single month, um, then she eventually she'll reach that she'll reach that goal. So it's about you've got that long term vision and you're prepared to work for as long as it takes to get the result you want. But you can break it down into smaller, shorter, long term targets that are exciting and even smaller than those targets. So she's got. You know, this month I need to lose two and a half kilos. She's also got other little targets to keep her motivated. Like next gym session, I'm going to increase my squat by 2.5 kilos. Um, and just little incremental things. Next gym session, I'm going to be able to run two minutes longer on the treadmill. So it's keeping yourself excited by having things that you can um, that you can get. It's a, a thing called... Um, this, is, this is from like me and Rob once uh, when we were young and single. We used to... <laughs> we went through a phase of looking into these like pickup artists like how to talk to girls kind of videos and one one theory from that was called cat string theory which i always i always use this analogy for everything that when you dangle a string in front of a cat if it's too far away the cat's not interested it's just like oh well it'll just sit down and go to sleep and if you give it if you let it catch the string or the thing on a string it then becomes bored so you have to have you have to keep it just out of reach and the cat will continue to play with it and try and get it. It's just like that with your goals. You've got to have something that's just out of reach that you that excites you and you feel like you can actually get it, but it's not so far away that it's, it seems um, impossible. Yep, absolutely. Next one, I'm bringing it back 
to fitness. I guess that was kind of fitness related. Tip number five is to track what you eat. So what I mean by this, there's lots of tracking apps out there. It's one of the things we've always taught people is to actually track the calories in foods. And it can sound very scientific. It can sound really, really boring, but actually it's the only way to guarantee you'll see results. There's, well, there's two actual reasons. One, it's the only way to guarantee you see results because the only way you lose fat, like I've been training some people in, in person this last couple of weeks um, around where I live. And one of the main questions I have is like, oh, is this thing going to burn fat? Is this going to burn fat from around my middle? Is this exercise going to burn fat from around my, around my middle? And every time I have to say, well, not really. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen by you consuming less calories than your using every day so your body then has to burn in uh tap into your stored energy resources which is your fat and burn that instead and the only way you can guarantee you're doing that is to track what you eat because calories represent energy and you have to eat the right amount of calories for you or you will not burn fat so you can try and do it by these these um these fatty diet means you can do keto diet where you cut out all carbs or you can do like no sugar or whatever all of things think those things are fine for short-term results, but they're not very good for long-term results. Like again, a lady I'm, I'm seeing and coaching, not seeing like dating, coaching around here, she was saying, oh, I've been doing keto diet. I've done it before and it worked really well, but I put all the weight back on. And it's like, did that then really work? No, because it hasn't taught you anything. It's, it's taught you, you can do this extreme approach to lose a bit of weight and then you probably gain it again when you stop. So you have to either be prepared to do it forever, whatever diet you're following, or it's not gonna work. The beauty of tracking, it's probably, as far as I can tell, the only thing that you can do that will educate you on how to then eat with balance. Like everyone says balance is the secret to success. We talked about Mediterranean diet last week and how that's about balance, which is actually very hard to create just from having unhealthy eating habits to go to balance. No one can do it. Tracking is the middle ground. Tracking is what taught me and Ben how to eat to stay lean year round. Tracking is what's taught all our success stories. Again, how to eat. Because every time you put foods in, you then go, you need to kind of become a little bit of a detective. You put the foods in and you go, is this gonna work? Is this gonna be, are these foods gonna add up to the right amount of calories for me throughout the day? Is this meal gonna be a third of my day or whatever it may be? And when, when you review that, you can then start to go, oh no, it's not. Okay, let's bring that down. Let's bring the rice down or whatever it is I'm having. Let's have a bit more of that in my meal, a bit less of that. Let's have half an avocado rather than a whole avocado, half a tablespoon of olive oil instead of a whole one. And then, oh, now it's starting to work. And then over time, not only will you be getting guaranteed results by tracking, so you will be losing fat because you'll be hitting that calorie target consistently. You'll also be learning exactly how much you can eat to, to stay lean, which is essential. Otherwise, you just put the weight back on again. So tracking is really important. And if you've tried before and you've thought, I can't track, which is something I hear a lot, you do probably as well, Ben. We get lots of emails from people saying, you know, I've tried tracking, it's not for me, I can't do it. Think about that fact versus fiction point I said at the beginning. Discovering your truth. Is it the truth or have you just been taught to track badly? Or have you not really understood tracking or like why it's so beneficial? And also you've got to remember, you're not going to have to do it forever. Unlike every other diet, basically, you're not going to have to do it forever. It's just going to teach you how to eat. It takes maybe six months, maybe a year, it'll be a year, but would one year of your life just tracking for five minutes a day instead of being on Instagram or Facebook to lose probably four stone over that time if you were consistent with tracking? We've seen that, we've had Caroline Wood lose four and a quarter stone to get everything you wanted and then for the rest of your life you know how to eat and you stay in shape. I don't know, that's up to them to decide. What's the next one, Ben? What's tip number six? So tip number six is to collect micro wins daily 
So basically every day you should be celebrating something that, well, some things that you've done, something that you're proud of, something that you've succeeded at. I think a lot of people lose motivation because they are always so focused on the negative. So they'll, you know, they'll be like, well, I didn't lose any weight this week and I skipped my gym session. I ate that chocolate cake. So they look at all the negative things, which then sends them into a downward spiral. Though, so they, they then reason like, and because I did all those things, then I'm a failure. And because I'm a failure, I'm uh, there's no point in trying anymore. So I'm going to eat my body weight in the Krispy Kreme donuts, skip the gym session, and I'm just going to give up for a few weeks until they get to a point where they're, where they snap out of it and they eventually get back on track, but then they get stuck in this cycle of stopping and starting and stopping and starting, which we'll talk about later. Um, so yeah, you can basically, you could start doing this today. Literally grab yourself a piece of paper, it's something I do every day, and write down three things that you've done from the either the previous day or just whenever you can remember that, that you're really, that you're proud of doing. And the, the key is they don't have to be huge things. In order to be a success as a person, you don't have to like climb Mount Everest, make a million pounds and have a Ferrari. You just need to just acknowledge all of the things that you did that you're proud of. Like mine might be, I don't know, I fixed my car by myself. I did the laundry and I meal prep three, well, three fish pies. There we go. There's three things I did yesterday. Um, I'm proud of all those things. And just by acknowledging those things, your opinion of yourself will start to improve. And the stories that you tell yourself about yourself will also start to improve. So Rob's talking about that fact versus fiction. Um, if you're constantly saying to yourself, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I can't do it, I'm a failure. That's the kind of story, the fiction that you're telling yourself, that will become like your reality. If you start to believe that, then there's no wonder you're going to fail. You will fail. So it's really important that you shift the the story that you tell about yourself to like, I'm a success, I'm doing really well, I'm I'm capable of seeing results. I deserve to see results. I deserve to be happy. You shift your mindset to that and then your life is going to work out a lot better. But literally it's as simple as write down three things every day that you're proud of. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's really important for perfectionists, that one, which a lot of people are, aren't they? Just to collect those because those micro wins add up to the result. That's the crazy thing. Like no one gets to a great result by taking big leaps. It's all that really small, boring little wins isn't it okay on to point number seven so kind of on the same path i would say as that one is to focus on the work that's in front of you so if you want to lose in 12 stone in 12 weeks there's going to be loads of things you're going to need to do and let's say you've also got this goal to lose like a, like you're saying for elaine 30 kilos in a year there's going to be so many things you're going to have to do like Six months from now, you might have to buy new clothes, but you don't need to go on the internet and start looking at the clothes now or worrying about how you're going to clear your wardrobe out now. You don't need to worry about um, what your diet needs to look like then. You just need to focus on the work that's in front of you now. So you don't need to worry about that. You don't even need to worry about two weeks down the line. You just got to worry about this week and today and what you're going to do next. Because like a good analogy for this is imagine you're climbing a mountain. This vision or the goal you want to achieve is the top of the mountain. And... The mistake most people make is they start staring at the top of the mountain and going, that's so far away and trying to focus on that and figure out the, the last steps. They're going, oh, look, there's a really difficult bit right at the top of the mountain. And they're looking up there and then they walk off the edge of a cliff or they twist their ankle or they hurt themselves like that. It wouldn't work well in climbing the mountain. Uh, the same thing really does apply when it comes to making progress with anything. You just want to look at, okay, I've got to put my foot there and then I've got to put my foot there. And every one of those footsteps adds up to you climbing that huge mountain. 
So at the time, it can feel really like, really like you've got to think of something more complicated or something you're going to do down the line or plan this, this, this amazing thing program you're going to do next month. But really, all you need to do is go, what is my next step? Maybe the next step is today, cook a healthy dinner. Maybe the next step is today, go and do a workout. And as long as you're constantly just going, what's the thing I need to do now? What's the thing I need to do now? Pick this, not a chocolate bar. Pick a banana, not a chocolate bar, or whatever it may be, something as simple as that. You'll actually get there. So it's the same kind of thing as the microwaves. All right, what's the next tip? Number eight. The next one is something called the cupboard cleanse, which is something that we get everyone we work with to do. So if you're watching this podcast, you probably, I can reason, are in a situation at the moment where you're probably not that happy with your body, you're worrying about your appearance, your confidence may be low, um, and you may be you know, shying away from wearing certain clothes. That could be affecting all areas of your life, your relationships, social life, work, your happiness on a day-to-day basis. So then when we say to people then, all right, so that's, that's the situation you're in. You want to feel amazing about yourself, have the body you want, boost your confidence, all of these things, and get the life you want. Um, so why are all the cupboards in your house full of junk food is the question because <laughs> here's the thing if you've got if you live in a house where there's chocolate and sweets and crisps and all sorts of stuff all around you um you're going to eat them unfortunately they're eventually at some point they're going to find their way into your body they're going to go through your body and they're going to expand your waistline and keep you stuck exactly where you are so the way to get rid of this is the cupboard cleanse which is literally you go into all of the cupboards in your house you remove all of the junk food and you just remove it from your house so you can donate it to other people you can give it away you can lock it in a box so that you can't access it you can take it to work and let other people have it but essentially you just make it so that your house is a junk food free zone which is kind of like if you were a drug addict for example you're a heroin addict crack addict let's go for a crack addict and you've been living inside of a crack den with people all around you smoking crack pipes taking drugs all day long and you and you've you're telling yourself, I'm going to give up, I'm going to resist this temptation, but you're never going to succeed because you're surrounded by all of these good people that are like, come on, just have a bit, have a bit of this, it's fine, it won't hurt you. It's like exactly the same thing when you're in a house full of junk food, it's all there. Every time you open the cupboard, you open the cupboard, you're trying to find a snack and you've got like the choice of some nuts or something, like some unsalted nuts and then you've got like chocolate bars, some muffins, cookies, some nice sensations crisps. You're probably going to eat the unhealthy stuff, especially if you've had a busy day at work and you're stressed out and you're not in the best the best mood to make a decision. So the cupboard cleanse is essentially removing all the stuff to your house from your house. And if you're thinking, you know, oh, it's a waste of food, I don't want to throw all that stuff out. I've spent good money on it. Just think back. If you're in a situation where you're really unhappy with your body, do you really not want it badly enough to get rid of like 10 pounds worth of junk food from your from your cupboards? If you don't, you're probably not going to succeed. You probably don't really want these results. So it's kind of a good way of just saying, it's like drawing a line in the sand saying like, this is the time I'm going to sort everything out now. This is it. I'm going to remove all of this junk food from my cupboard. So you can do that after this podcast. You could pause this podcast now, go to your kitchen, take all the junk food, put it in a bag for life and then put it in the car and take it and put it, give it away. And why? And I would recommend you do it. <laughs> huh? I said I chipped in. I said, and wine and gin. If your fridge is full of delicious wine, this is one conversation oh, yeah. I had with Sue, my one of my one-to-ones. Now, her partner will put, like her husband will put a delicious bottle of wine in that she loves and then she has to take it out or hide it because 
it's not going to work because every time you open it, it's going, drink me, drink me, drink me or eat me. I'm having a nightmare with this at the moment. My girlfriend just come back from America and brought this massive box of cookies home. And it's the only, like I, I, me and Ben pretty much always operate by the club cupboard cleanse. Like most of the time I look in the cupboards and I'm like, I guess I'll eat nuts or an apple. But at the same time, I'm happy that I'm not fat and overweight or out of shape. At the moment I've got these cookies. So it's like, just have another cookie and another cookie, probably eating 20 cookies. <laughs> like I'm no better basically is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> I'm sure Ben has the same problem. Yeah, nobody, nobody can resist these things. They're designed to be, be delicious. And you can't, if you, if you suddenly think that you've been unable to resist unhealthy foods for 20 years and you're suddenly going to get a superpower, which allows you to not eat cookies that are staring you in the face in a cupboard, it's not going to happen. I can't do it. Rob can't do it. Nobody can do it. Nobody I know of anyway. This is actually in the habit change loop. The way habits work, which is eating is a habit, especially if you eat for emotional reasons or boredom, you have a cue that causes it, which is cravings or hunger or uh, boredom, whatever it is. Then you have an action you take and then you have a reward, which is I feel better usually or satisfied or the cravings are satisfied. If you, you have to change the thing in the middle, this is proven habit change stuff. You have to change what the action is in between the cue and the reward. So I'm bored, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling shit today, I've had a hard day at work and I want this reward. If you don't remove that, you're always going to go to it. Like every time, if the food's there, you'll go like a zombie. You'll be like, don't do it. I know I shouldn't do it. I know I shouldn't do it. I'll just, oh, I've just done it again. Like that's not, that's normal. Like I'm no stronger than that. As Ben said, you're no one's stronger than that. No one's got willpower to resist that. Willpower doesn't really work. You have to change the thing that. All right. On to the next question. This could be also related. This is probably related to everything. Tip number nine, it's not a question. I don't know why I said question. Secret number nine, question your thoughts or learn to question your thoughts. This probably sounds really abstract to everyone, but similar to the fact versus fiction point at the beginning, start telling the truth about things or stop lying about things. We also tell ourselves a lot of things or start to get into these negative thought patterns, which again can be really unhelpful. And we can do this about other people. So I might be saying, Ben is lazy, or I might be saying my girlfriend's lazy or whatever it may be. I may be triggered by all these things, or I may even be triggered by myself. And I might be saying to myself, oh, I should have been more, done more work today, should have done this today. You're a failure. Like we have all of these thoughts, but often as we've touched on loads in this session, in this podcast already, that's not actually that true, but we, we start to believe it because we keep telling ourselves this. So you, learning to actually question these things that come into our head because not everything that comes into your head is true it's just your kind of what's the word it's your uh, um, subjective opinion on it it's learning to go actually am i a failure and going through these we have a series of questions called the thought transformer um, where you go through a series of questions and you actually can dig into it and at the other end of it you come out and go wait a second i'm not a failure this is actually more true for me and um, I'm gonna now be able to pick a different outcome because your thoughts ultimately trigger all these feelings in your life, which triggers you to take actions. And if those feelings are negative, you're gonna take negative actions and get negative results. So your thoughts actually lead to your results. If you don't learn to question your thoughts in some sort of capacity, then you're just gonna be driven by whatever comes into your head. 
And if that, what keeps coming to your head, like Ben said before, is you're a failure, you're a failure, you're a failure, or you're not good enough, or you can't do it, or you're different, or you're, you're overweight because of this and you can't change it. If it's constantly coming in, then you're always going to end up with whatever result that leads to. You're not going to be choosing the results you want in your life or able to stick to stuff and achieve stuff. Like our negative thoughts are the cause of pretty much all our self-sabotage. So learn to question your thoughts and it will be way, way easier. And over time, I don't know what you find, Ben, but we've done this process for years now, haven't we? Like three years, roughly, probably more than three years of questioning our thoughts daily that you just start to behave differently. You become a different type of person. You become a more motivated, more driven person, a person whose life's driven by truth rather than driven by all these negative emotions. And instead you can just kind of make good decisions. That's, that's the main thing about that. Okay, tip number 10, moving on. Tip number 10 is prioritization. So um, ultimately the reason you've probably not been able to lose weight and get the body you want um, comes down to your prioritization. If if that was your priority, then it would happen. So when I was at uni and Rob was at uni, um, I think our priorities shifted very strongly towards our degree was not that important. It was like that was sort of here. And then fitness was like the the big thing that we were both focused on like all the time. We would we would be like, we can't wait to finish our lectures so we can go to the gym and focus on our fitness. I don't know why we got so into fitness, but it just became a bit of an obsession. But when fitness was a priority, I didn't really have much else going on in my life. Um, that's when I got in the best shape of my life. Now I think I have a lot I have a lot more stuff going on. You know, I'm running a running this business. Um I just have more stuff going on. As you get older, you just have more and more and more responsibility. So the more responsibility you get, the more fitness kind of takes a backseat. And when, when it takes a backseat to the point where you're not doing anything anymore, you're not exercising, you're not spending any time even thinking about what you're eating, that's when you end up, you know, you wake up a few months later and you've gained a stone, you've gained two stone, and you're, you're miserable about the situation you're in. So one of the things we focus on um, through the exercise we were talking about before, the Freedom Finder, exercise is just basically reprioritizing your life so thinking about how much time do you really spend on your fitness now all right you're spending an hour a week on it okay and that's not working how much time would you need to spend on it in order to see results you probably need this much time for workouts this much time for healthy eating which is probably less time than you think um and then we just reprioritize your life we think about you know which things are not really serving you are you spending an hour a day on facebook and instagram are you spending wasting loads of time doing this and that even if you're going to the gym are you spending three hours too much time going to the gym because you're traveling there and back to somewhere that's miles away could you do it in your home and save time so it's about just reprioritizing your life so that you can fit in all the things that are important to you so your family life your social life your career which are you know they're all important to you um but you can also fit in all the things that you need to keep your body healthy alongside doing all of that it's because the key to that, like that happy, healthy life that you want is to have everything in your life in balance. When something's out of balance, your life's not going to be happy. If you're, all your relationships break down, you're not going to be very happy. If you get really ill and unhealthy and overweight, you're not going to be very happy. If you lose your job, you're not going to be very happy. So you need to have all of those things working together. And that's just a case of prioritizing them equally rather than having too much of a focus on one thing and not enough of a focus on something else. And yeah. I think the reason people struggle to prioritize things um, comes down to a couple of things. So number one, guilt. So a lot of people will experience guilt around taking time away from their family or even around, you know, like leaving the office early on time before everybody else. 
people experience a lot of guilt about this. And so to avoid feeling that guilt, they work themselves into the ground. They don't allow themselves to get what they want. And they think the second thing is a lot of people, they don't feel like they really deserve it. So when they take time for themselves, well, they don't, they don't put themselves first because they don't feel like they're kind of worthy of just having like a, an hour or two free to themselves every night just to exercise where they're not thinking about anybody else. They're just thinking about themselves. So to solve to get into a situation where all your priorities are in check, there's probably a lot of mindset work that needs to happen as well, which is going to be all the stuff we talked about before the questioning your thoughts, etc. where you think, you know, is it really selfish to go to the gym or is it just something I have to do to keep myself healthy? And once you can get past all of that bullshit, you'll find it very easy to prioritize your life in a way that makes you happy and keeps everything working smoothly. There you go. Prioritization is key. Tip number 11 is to get more leverage on yourself. So this is quite a, bit, a little bit of a U-turn, but loads of people set goals, like especially at this time of year, it's New Year's, if you're listening to this in like a long time away from New Year's. At the moment, it's January the 10th and Everyone's probably trying to achieve, not everyone, but 50% of people probably trying to achieve a resolution or some sort of goal. But they often keep it secret or they like, they'll set a way too easy goal. They'll set this goal that's really small um, so that they, they don't have to have that feeling of, again, because we don't want to feel like a failure, we'll avoid ever setting something that's that's difficult for us or we won't tell anyone about it. Like when I was at school, I had this friend who she called Dan and um, he was going to do his driving test, but we didn't know. So we didn't tell anyone who was going to do his driving test. And for so for ages, he was a learner. And we were like, we don't know what's going on with him. Like, is he going to do his test one day? And then eventually he did pass his test. And one day it came out, he just told us like, oh, yeah, I actually failed my driving test. Uh, I just didn't want to tell any of you because, you know, I, was, I didn't want to, like, I just didn't tell anyone. He didn't really explain why, to be honest. We were 17-year-old, like, emotionally stunted boys. But he just said he'd, he'd actually failed it. It kind of came out of the woodwork. I don't really know how. I think he was drunk or something. Um, so my point being is he did not have any leverage to pass that test because he didn't tell anyone about it. So, sure, it protected him against the slight embarrassment of failing his driving test. I understand why people do that. But the problem is it protects him against it, but didn't put enough pressure on him to maybe put in the work beforehand, to practice better, to actually try and get better at it. So he went to the test and promptly failed it. Same thing happens with a lot of fitness goals, whether you want to lose a stone in 12 weeks, like we're talking about today, or any other sort of goal. All goals in family are fun. A lot of people will keep them secret and not tell anyone so they don't feel bad if it goes wrong. But the reality is you're never going to, you're probably never going to achieve it if you've never got any leverage on yourself in the first place. So it's this catch two situation where, catch 22 situation where you're like, I'm not going to tell anyone because if I fail, I'll feel bad. But then you haven't told anyone. So you don't really care that much about it. Like most of us care more about the way other people perceive us than, than anything else. And so we don't tell anyone. And then we don't really, we kind of wiggle out of it when it gets a little bit hard and then we feel bad anyway. So that's the ironic thing is we feel bad anyway because we haven't achieved it, but we didn't tell anyone so we didn't have the leverage on ourselves to actually go ahead and do it so we didn't want to look bad. So get some leverage on yourself, whether that's to post your goals on social media, which I know most people won't do because that's terrifying, whether it's to tell your five closest friends, whether that's to um, have a community, let's say you go to a gym which has got a community or you join an online program with a community and you tell everyone I'm there, this is what I'm going to do. And what we do with our members is we have them post every day an accountability post. 
We have them post about what they've done that day. So there's constantly leverage on themselves to say, this is what I did. And then if they don't do it, then we follow up with people, at least as best we can. We spot people and say, you're not doing anything. What's going on? Rather than just trying to hide away and hope that it that kind of works <coughs> differently to last time, which in my experience never really works. Okay, on to the next tip, number 12. Tip number 12 is don't struggle alone. So one thing you've probably rarely seen, you may have seen it, I've never seen it, is somebody who posts on social media, they post like a transformation photo. Here I am, I've lost six stone. And the way I did it was one day I just decided I was gonna do it and then I just did it all on my own with no help, no coaching, I wasn't in any programs, I had nobody helping me, I did it all by myself. I never really see that. Usually when you see a fantastic transformation somebody's made, it's usually, I made this transformation and I had the help of this person or this coach and I was in this group or I followed this plan. People have always followed something to see results. So if you're sat there thinking, you know, I'm I'm doing things all on my own right now. You know, it's January, I've started off my resolution, things are going well, I'm just going along all by myself. If you think you're gonna really get the results you want just doing that, maybe you will. But just consider that very, very few people just succeed completely on their own. I think it's partly to do with what Rob said before about getting leverage on yourself. Um, but then another couple of things that, that come as being part of a group like that is just when you surround yourself by people on the same mission as you, it's very motivating. It makes it much more easy to succeed. Doing struggling alone is much more difficult than struggling as part of a group. Um, the second thing that really helps, accountability, Rob's all, Rob also touched in. The third thing that really helps is being able to ask questions and get help and get support when you need it. Because if you're all alone, you've got nobody to turn to when things go wrong. And it's not the your best day that you need to worry about. It's that day when you're exhausted, you're tired, everything's gone wrong, you're not seeing progress, you're not seeing results. That's the day when you really need somebody to come to say to you, it's all right, don't worry about it. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to do A, B, C, and everything's going to work out fine. That's when it really pays off to have somebody else on that journey with you rather than just trying to go it alone. And I just was thinking about our, our journey when we really got into fitness. I was thinking, oh, we didn't join any groups. But then I remembered I had you, you had me. We were supporting each other. We were both researching things. We were both like, I'd be going, I'll go, what time are we going to the gym tonight? And you might not have been thinking about going, but then you would say, I'd go, or I would be like, mm, don't know if it's going to happen. And then you'd be like, oh, we're going to the gym at 9 a.m. tomorrow. I'd be like, okay, we're going. Like, doesn't have to be in person. In person stuff's great, but you just need to have some sort of group doing the same thing. Because what I find is like, most people don't get it. Like when we were getting in shape, I don't think anyone else around us got it, did they? Like our friends from uni, no one understood. Um, like parents, anyone else basically. It was just us two doing our thing. So you need someone and ideally a group of people doing the same thing. I think it makes a huge, huge difference. On to the next tip, number 13. You're either winning or you're learning. This is more of a concept than a um, than a, than a, um, an action to take, but it's to, to start to think about things a bit, in a bit of a different way because most of us think about um, either succeeding or failing. I think that's a really dangerous mindset, but it's very, like, it's the normal one to have. Like, it's like, oh, you either passed the test or you failed the test. But the reality of life doesn't work like that because 
a large percentage of the time when you're on a, when you're trying to achieve this vision, you will not be actually on track to achieve that vision. Quite a lot of the time you'll be struggling or trying to figure things out or something's gone wrong. And so rather than saying like, this is panicking and saying, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. It's not going to work. I'm a failure going down that route as Ben said earlier, and then just giving up. Try and shift that and think about, okay, today I'm winning. It's a great day. We all love those days. But as again, as Ben said, it's not that day that's going to test you. It's then going, this day is really hard, but I'm not failing. This is simply just a learning process. Or you can look at it another way. You can say failure is a stepping stone to success, but it's got such negative connotations. I would simply just say, look, I'm, I'm learning at the moment. I know what I'm doing isn't working and I'm going to find out how to make it work. And obviously that helps if you can have some guidance from someone who's got more experience. If you have some coaching with someone who has more experience, it's very hard. Well, it's quite hard to figure this stuff out on your own unless you can sit down somewhere really quiet. You can like study it in your journal or whatever, try and come up with a load of alternative options that may work better for you and then try them all out. But that's quite a slow process. It's a lot, a lot quicker to get help from someone who's done it before. So you go, okay, I'm not winning at the moment, so I'm learning. How do I do this? And then you learn a better way of doing that. And then you do that. And then you don't have that, don't make that mistake again. And as long as you think about winning or learning, you're either learning so you don't make a mistake again, or you're moving forward to where you want to be. And you can't really go wrong as long as you're doing that. You're always moving in the right direction. All right, completely different tip now. On to tip number 14. Tip number 14 was cut out fancy coffees. Uh, I'm going to expand that to cut out sugary drinks in general. There's nothing, there's no worse waste of calories, worse than waste of calories than having like a 400 calorie Starbucks latte that's basically like a frappuccino. It's basically like an ice cream with like sugar chocolate sprinkles on it and whipped cream. Yes, it might be all right, but you'd be better off having like a small cake and then like, leaving yourself an additional 200 calories for to eat something else in the rest of the day um same with like if you go to the cinema and you get one of those giant things of coke it's just a huge thing of just sugar water it's just calories and sugar if you're if you're drinking loads of unhealthy drinks every day you're just you're not going to get fit and healthy it's just not going to happen so if you it's a very simple change you can make if you just literally switch the drinks that you're drinking to healthier hot drinks so you go for like a black coffee or like you know a coffee with just a splash of milk in it just standard or like a cup of tea with a splash of milk no sugar green tea herbal tea whatever you fancy um and then cold drinks just go for like water uh sparkling water i don't know what else you could you could have really i would recommend those two i wouldn't say i'd say avoid having like loads of diet coke and stuff but it's basically just drink healthier drinks <laughs> It's not going to kill you to not have like a huge Coke and a latte every single day. Yeah. And over 12 weeks, that could literally be the only thing you need to change to lose a stone for some people, not everyone. Mm. So it's a very simple tip, but again, it's fun to do some of the food ones. On to tip number 15. Tip number 15 is to invest more money. This is a very strange tip to, I think a lot of people will probably listen to this and go, this is a scam. They're just trying to make us sign up to their program or whatever. That's not what I'm trying to say here, but when you don't have any skin in the game, it's, it's very, it's harder to get motivated in my experience. Like for me, when I've invested big sums of money in things, I've really wanted them to work because I don't want to seem silly because I've wasted the money. I don't want it to go wrong. Um, I basically am much more likely to want it to succeed if it's a big amount of money to me. So Ben and I did a coaching program 
two years ago, three years ago now, um, that was $5,000. And even now that's a hell of a lot of money to me. But at the time it was like, I don't know if I'd invested in much. I've invested in some other coaching, but it was like 10% of the cost or something. And I remember my hands were sweating. I was like shaking. The adrenaline was like, I could feel it coursing through my body. As I paid for that, as I got my card out, I was like, I don't know if I should do this. This is terrifying. Like, I don't really have the money. I put it on my credit card, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this plunge. And I'm not saying that will always work. You do have to put the work in and we did put the work in. But when I had that money, like it was $5,000, three and a bit thousand pounds then paid. I was like, I'm going to do every aspect of this program. I'm going to do every uh, support session they put on. I'm going to go on all the calls. I'm going to ask all the questions I need help with. I'm going to get help whenever I need it. I'm going to participate in everything. And I did it. Ben did the same. And it paid off. Like we got the money back. I know it's not the same with diet um, or fitness or health or balancing your life or whatever you want to call it. It's not quite the same. You're not going to get a financial reward back. Whereas this was a business thing mostly. But um, you've got to say, how much is this worth worth to me? If I felt incredible in my own skin, if I could buy and go and buy all the clothes I'd like to buy and wear, there were two, three dress sizes smaller. Like if my relationship was reignited again because I had confidence in myself, if I could run around and play with my kids and show them what a confident person who stands up for themselves and believes in themselves looks like and who achieves things looks like, so they become the same because they will become the same. How much is all of that worth to me? Because people will spend like tens of whole hundreds of thousands of pounds on kids' education and yet they'll spend nothing on bec- like actually becoming the role models of their kids that they want their kids to be like. So you've got to think, what's it worth to me? And in my opinion, the more you invest, the more you're going to be committed to something. And I'm not saying invest all your money, but it does make a difference. All right, nearly there now. On to number 16. What's tip number 16, Ben? So that one is get help with unskilled tasks. So, for example, cleaning, laundry, washing the cars, whatever you find yourself doing, over and over and over again and taking up loads of your time. If you're saying like, you know, I'm I'm too busy, I can't go to the gym because I've got too much laundry to do and I've got to cook the dinner and et cetera, et cetera, all of these things. I know a lot of people who are in a position financially where they could hire a cleaner to come in every week into their house and clean their house and remove like four hours of work from their week, which would then give them the time to exercise. Um, but I think, that, but they don't do it because they feel this sense of like guilt or like they're somehow like a failure as a as a woman because they've decided not to, because they've decided to get somebody else in to do something that they, they might consider to be their work. Um, but the, the, the funny thing is though, they'll be reluctant, someone will be reluctant to spend, I don't know, like 60 quid a month maybe, up to maybe 100, 120 pounds a month, let's say, if it's 30 pounds a week on cleaning. But they'll be happy to, but then the same people will be happy to They'd be like, if I had time, I would be happy to invest in a personal trainer and I'll spend like £600 a month on a PT. So if you want to save yourself some money and you find that you don't have time to exercise, it might be better to just get help with the unskilled tasks that cost very little, such as cleaning and laundry, etc. To free up time to be able to do all the things you need to do to get the body you want and keep up with your career and keep up with your family life and keep up with your social life all at the same time. 
Yeah, that's a great point. The same person, probably, not probably, but there's people we know, again, they might spend £3,000 on a holiday that they'll go on and then spend 50% of it not enjoying it because of the way they worry that they're going to be looking in a bikini or not wearing it because of the way they worry they look. So they spend the whole work, holiday worried and, and, not, and feeling bad about themselves and lacking in confidence. And they spent thousands on it, yet they won't spend, as you said, maybe 30, 50 pounds every week or two on cleaning. And yet their reason they're not getting in shape is they don't have time to get in shape. And that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. When you actually get the facts out, it's the same as that facts and fiction thing again. It's like spending thousands on a holiday, but you're not actually enjoying that much because you don't feel good about yourself. Yet you're not willing to spend 50 pounds on a bit of cleaning. And yet you don't have time to exercise or eat healthy. Like at some point, you've just got to go, you've basically got to stop believing your own bullshit. So that's that first point, which is fundamental to everything. You've got to start going, actually, I'm conning myself out of these results and I've got to start thinking differently. Like that's why we work on mindset so much because if you don't, if you don't change the way you think, you're not going to change the results you get. And like, as you said, Ben, it's like getting blood out of a stone. What's the phrase? <laughs> that is a phrase, isn't it? Like flogging, flogging a dead horse. Yeah, it's like flogging a dead horse trying to get like we work with lots of wealthy people and lots of people who are like, they've got significantly more money than me and Ben. I have a cleaner and yet they won't get a cleaner or they won't get a babysitter, whatever it may be. Because I, and I understand there's all this guilt around it of like not wanting to look like a bad mum or the rest of it. But at some point you've got to go, I'm going to put myself before this guilt. Cause if I keep giving into the guilt or whatever it may be, that's stopping me just getting a cleaner or whatever it is to give myself the right amount of time. I'm never, ever going to get in shape. And then I'm going to spend an entire life, which I'm going to regret being two stone overweight and having no confidence, never wearing the clothes I want, not enjoying any social events and not having any sort of relationship with my other half because I feel way, way too big and I don't feel good in myself. Like we hear it all the time. So at some point you've got to drop that story and start investing in yourself. And then the last point, this one I could literally just say two words, but I'll talk a little bit more about it is to stop stopping. Like the last tip is, is the most simple one. But again, if you, if you just did this, it would change everything. Very hard to do in principle. Like if you probably need to do all of the other ones in order to actually stop stopping, but the people who succeed at this are not the people who lose half a stone in the first four weeks of January and then put it all on again because they stop. Like there'll be loads of people who do that this year. They'll lose half a stone in January. And then they'll stop or they'll fall off the wagon or they'll self-sabotage or the life will get in the way. Someone will get ill in the family. The kids will be off school. It'll be half term. And then they'll stop for two months and they'll regain all the weight. Whilst there's this other person who's going really quite slowly, who's just going, you know, I'm going to do these three workouts a week. Um, I'm going to track the things I'm eating and then I'm going to do that next week. And then I'm going to do that the next week. It's kind of boring. And then I'm just going to keep doing it. This is what our members do, by the way. I'm going to do another three workouts this week. I'm just going to track what I eat. And then by the end of 12 weeks, they've lost a stone, a stone and a half. And then there's that person that's done this crazy diet. They've cut all the carbs out. They're doing like six gym classes a week. They're so sore they can't sit down all week because of all the dumbs, the muscle soreness. And then they've regained all the weight the minute they go on half term or someone gets ill or whatever. Like the person who stops will always get passed by the person who's just being consistent and going slower. So put less on your plate, commit to less, and just actually keep doing it and do whatever it takes to keep doing it. Now, basically the whole premise of the programs we teach is to stop you stopping. 
Like that's why I'd say Ben, I'd, I'd, I'd summarize it like that. So if you want to learn how to stop stopping, where can people go, Ben? What's the best place to go and find out more about that? To find out more, I would go to trinitytransformation.co.uk. Uh, we've got a fantastic documentary on there. We've got guides that you can download for free and you can listen to all previous episodes of this podcast, but you basically get all the information you need on that website. So go to trinitytransformation.co.uk um, to find everything you need. If you are listening to this thinking, you know, all these tips sound like they make sense to me. I would like to lose a stone in the next 12 weeks. The best thing you can do is probably look into grabbing yourself a space on a famous 12-week F3 Fast Track coaching program it will basically help you implement everything we've talked about today make and keep you accountable so that you actually do the work, which is probably the hardest part. And ultimately, you'll get the results and you'll get the body that you want. So that almost brings us to the end of today's Trinity podcast. But before you go, we have some important information for you. Number one, if you're currently not subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher to the Trinity podcast, click that subscribe button and get yourself subscribed so you're first to hear when new episodes go live. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending them your way. And number three, last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, first of all, do the things we talk about here. And secondly, you don't pay us to do this, so instead we ask you simply to share this show with one person you think it could help today. It's only fair. This is Rob Burkhead and this has been the Trinity Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.